Well, hey, everyone. It's Mike. And Alina. And we're back with another episode of Practicing Catholic. Uh, today, what are we talking about? We're going to continue on with the Beatitudes with part two. Part two of the Beatitudes. All right. Well, let's get ready to practice. All right, everyone. Thank you, as always, for joining us on today's show. Uh, part two on our series on the Beatitudes. And uh, first, let's begin with a recap. Uh, Alina, what were the what were the first four Beatitudes? Okay, so we've already kind of covered blessed is the poor in spirit, blessed is those who mourn, blessed are the meek, and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And we find um, all eight of these Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 10 in Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. Um and as we kind of talked about in our last episode, um, Jesus not only um, is speaking to us in today's modern culture, mm-hmm. he was also speaking to the post-Judeo-Christians and to the Jews literally there at the Sermon of the Mount. Oh, so there's yeah. multiple different ways that you can interpret these, mm-hmm. and all of them are correct. Absolutely. And, and, and again, also kind of going back, the Sermon on the Mount, again, took place at a real location. You know, right now, um, many people uh, believe it was in northern Israel at the uh, Chorazim Plateau. Uh, today, uh, the Church of the Beatitudes is there. Uh, it's an octagonal building, uh, so eight-sided church. Uh, each of the stained glass windows represents one of the eight Beatitudes, and uh, it's a very, very beautiful place. So, um, with that being said, uh, let's just jump right into it. So, we're on to Beatitude number five. Right. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can't, um, like, all of these Beatitudes reminds me of that church song, you know, blessed mm. are they who are oh, poor yeah. in spirit. Oh, yeah, that's a really good song. I <laughs> it like is that a good one. song, but, like, like you one. don't have my same church ladies at yeah. church. church that <laughs> but that's a, that's a classic. So it uh, is. It's I'll a good one, but it, when done right. Off, um. the, uh, off the rail two minutes and 20 seconds into the show. Okay, so I'm blessed so, are the I merciful. I, it's hard for me to like say them because I want to sing you it. You want to sing it, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So uh, let's talk about this one. Uh, so here we are. It's it's the time of Christ where we're actually... Uh, people who are listening to him preach uh, the Sermon of the mm-hmm. Mount. So, what is what what do you, what does it mean to them? All right. So, the Jews um, were hearing this for the very first time mm-hmm. um, to show mercy to the Romans. The Romans were their mm-hmm. oppressors. They were the ones who you know were trying to take over Israel, the you know promised land. They had the mm-hmm. taxes on them and everything. The Romans were the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus is reiterating to them like and. Uh, for the first time, they're kind of like grasping it sure. that this kingdom, this promised land mm-hmm. is not here on earth. Mm-hmm. The milk and honey and all of that, like what you what you wandered around in the desert for 40 years about. Not here, guys. Mm-hmm. Not here. I'm here now. And, you know, if you guys choose to follow me and become the first Judeo-Christians, mm-hmm. then you will enter into the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. that promised land. And so he's telling them to be merciful, have mercy on the Romans, Mm -hmm. you know, no longer this eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, Mm -hmm. you know, mentality. I have, you know, we just heard it in, um, a couple of 
this past Sunday or whatever mm-hmm. in the um, gospel reading, you yep. know, the um, you've heard it said, you know, before to, you know, love your friends and love your family. Mm-hmm. But yes. I'm saying to you to love your enemies yeah, that your cheek. yet to turn the other cheek. And yeah. he is speaking to the Jews because they hated these guys. The mm-hmm. Romans were bad guys. They well, were constantly yeah, even even look at how they looked at Gentiles. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. The the uh, they actually had um, words. Um, I believe it's scound uh, is how it's translated, but it <coughs> excuse me literally meant dog. Yeah. Um, and so you know um, Simon of Cyrene was you know a Gentile. They looked down on the pagan people too, and and certainly mm-hmm. it was how they viewed all of those around them, specifically the Romans who were oppressing them, mm-hmm. certainly. Uh, but also, again, their Gentile or, or pagan neighbors. How did this they, is true. you know, how they, you know, continually look to put them down? It was a changing of mindset, you know, as we viewed people, you know, certainly. And I, I think as we jump into then that post Judeo Christian view, mm-hmm. you know, again, kind of recapping what we talked about before, you know, if you were a, a first century Jew who decided to become Christian, follow the way, you were shunned from your family. Completely cut off. They didn't talk to you anymore. Yeah. You lost property. You lost inheritance. You lost everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, from that perspective, you know, what they're seeing is be merciful towards those who were, in a sense, persecuting them. That may be their own friends and family mm-hmm. who have cut them off because they themselves would be shown mercy. Yes. You know, so not harboring that ill resentment, not harboring um, hatred towards those who no longer one of them around. Um, and, and again, I think that's a beautiful thing to think about that from that lens. Today, I think it can be very, very true within our own, you know, family lives or faith life in mm-hmm. general. Um, you know, when we hit this face of the, you know, get to this point where, you know, I, I really care about my faith, we can potentially ostracize friends and family. Yes. We can um, ourselves feel like they felt in many ways. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I see here, uh, that we can learn from this is, is learning how to be more merciful Yes. and instead of criticizing people like, um, you know, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of discussions today we've talked about, you know, you know, a lot of people don't go to church on Sundays yeah. and we get mad because, oh, they're look, they, they can go to a baseball game or they can do this and they can do that, but I can't go to church. And we, instead of being merciful towards them. And showing the mercy, we're harboring ill resentment. We're harboring these negative feelings. And in a lot of ways, uh, to me, I think it, it really begins to affect our own relationships with God. Because then we get into this idea of like comparison. Well, I'm better than you. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. you know, uh, we get back to like the whole, you you know, you see the plank in your, your brother's eye, but you don't see the speck in your own. Yes. And, or the part of me, you see the speck in your brother's eye. You still don't see the plank in your own. Right. So. Doorstep thing. Yeah. yeah. Clean off your own doorstep first. Yeah. Yes. And we and we see that in today's um, application of the Beatitudes in modern day society. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about um, the Beatitudes kind of being bookends. It's how you begin your faith formation and how we will eventually end, but end it. Yeah. Um, so backing up a little bit to our last podcast um, we ended with blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and it's Mm -hmm. like when you get to that point in your spirituality where you're ready to right the injustices and that's where you kind of start to see that like okay Mm -hmm. well I'm going to church every Sunday I'm you know going to confession and receiving the sacraments and everything but look at those people 
yeah. who aren't, and you start to judge. Now Jesus has come backing that up, and he's saying, but yeah. blessed are those who are merciful, yeah. because they will be shown the mercy of God. And that's really what it means. Like, yeah. if you have mercy on others, I will have mercy on you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that reality check, because, yeah, while I like to, in my own personal life, go, oh, I'm a better Christian, at least I'm better than them. Yeah. You know, at least I send my kids to a private school. At least I'm doing better than them. Because we're always, as humans, comparing Comparing ourselves. ourselves, And Jesus is giving you that fact check of, you better be merciful. Do not compare yourselves to Mm -hmm. other. And it's like, oh, you're right, Jesus. Lord, have mercy on Mm -hmm. me, a poor sinner. You know, and I personally have, like, a great devotion to the Divine Mercy Chaplet, like, to St. Faustina and that. And Mm -hmm. because of exactly that. Lord, I am a poor you know, heartfelt center. Like yep. I have mercy on me. Jesus have mercy because no matter the best of Christians, yeah, the best Catholics of today still need God's mercy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, again, cause again, the, the idea of mercy and, and you can't have justice without mercy. Right. And why do I say that justice and mercy go together with the crucifixion? Mm-hmm. Right. It was Christ the just actions of Christ bring about mercy. Yes. And so um, I think that's one of the things that they aren't separate of each other. They're, they're more connected and that justice in, in from Christ's perspective is mercy. Yes. You know, and, and we receive that every time we go to confession, uh, we receive that just, you know, Mm -hmm. um, condemnation for our sin. Yes. Right. But we also receive the mercy that we seek. And I think that they go, they, again, they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. All right. So moving on to the sixth beatitude then. Right. Blessed are the clean of heart for they will see God or the pure in heart. Depending depending Um, on translation, depending on translation. Um, blessed are the clean of heart or the pure in heart. Um, for they will see God. Now the Jews of Jesus's time, who is directly speaking to in the sermon on the Mount, Mm -hmm. um, would have understood this like from going back to like Moses Old Testament mm-hmm. again here um, to see God. Jesus, you know, Moses had to be pure of heart to mm-hmm. see God to go up, yeah. you know, and get the Ten Commandments. And then, you know, they broke them and they went and got some more. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you had to be pure of heart to enter into the temple to, mm-hmm. you know, go in and only the purest of pure, you know, got to go behind the veil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this very um, substantial um physical pureness of heart but what god is saying to them is nay like those who have love in their hearts sure for they will see god absolutely you are all called to be pure of heart yeah absolutely. all of you not just the best of you but those who strive for it who have love in their heart Mm -hmm. for the lord they will also see god not just moses you know we're all he's basically in a modern day translation um how we would understand it saying and kind of jumping ahead here he's saying we're all called to be saints every sinner you know is called to be a saint and he's telling the jews even back then this that you're all worthy absolutely and and, you know i think one of the things that you see that too of of post-judeo Christians, right, mm-hmm. is that you see this cleansing of heart. It goes away from, uh, you know, the Mosaic law um, and the six and 613 Torah laws to a focus on, um, you know, the, the greatest commandment to love God with all thy mind, all thy heart and all thy soul, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and that's really where the clean of heart comes into play. 
especially in theirs, is this shifting of loving God with all my mind, all my heart, and all my soul. Mm-hmm. If I'm loving God with all my heart, right, I'm, I'm putting away my pride. Yep. If I'm loving God with all my mind, right, I recognize that I can't do it alone and I have to do it with God. I yep. need God's help. And then with my soul, I understand the eternity of God, right? I understand that God is, you know, beyond time and his kingdom is beyond what I maybe see right now in front of me. And so my soul speaks to the gift of being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so the clean of heart, you know, when we think about that, we're also recognizing the the danger of sin. Yes. We really become... Uh, mindful of of what sin is and sin in our life, whatever our struggles may be. And I think that that's really where, too, kind of today, how we can interpret this is, you know, when we hit this point of clean of heart, we really begin to see, hey, what is my struggle? Mm -hmm. What are those temptations I'm faced with? And we can ask specifically for for God's grace in those areas um, where we can use the greatest help. Uh, because we all have those struggles, whatever they may be. Right. Um, and I think that that is um, very interesting. I read it, read in a book. I, I was telling you, I was reading a book, um, The Imitation of Mary. Oh, yeah. Growing in Grace and Virtue. You and said it's a long one. It is. Um, and, and it's one of those ones where you really have to kind of like read it. And it's then, not a light read. No, it's a heavy read. Um, and, and Father Father uh, Quantron, who, who wrote this, Father Quan says, sin makes us animalistic Mm, and and i was like like but what the way he said that like the way he wrote it just kind of jumped out of me it was like wow sin is is more the animal nature within a human whereas grace helps us abound in in what god calls us to holiness and so it's just very very interesting that when you think about sins in general they are very animalistic you know yeah you know, rage is is more animalistic. When we get angry, we start yelling at people. You know, it's it was very profound to me. Yeah. Um, but again, kind of really speaks to this one. So, all right. So, number seven then. Number seven. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Um, and again, you know, Jesus was speaking to the Jews of mm-hmm. his time, um, and they would have seen this. Um, a little differently. The mm-hmm. Jews really prided themselves on having this um, unique covenant with God from like mm-hmm. the Old Testament. They were the chosen people, you know, yep. the, the Israel was their land and they really prided themselves on this. And because of this pride, they looked down on the Gentiles and people, the pagans and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, not because... Um, be- because they didn't have that. Yes. You know, yeah. um, they were better they than, were better than yep. you know, not just because they were different, but that they were better than them because mm-hmm. they were special. They were God's chosen people, mm-hmm. which although true does not mean that that's how you can that, that that's what Jesus was calling them to do. So, again, he's flipping this table and kind of reiterating that he's the new covenant that Mm -hmm. you know like you guys kind of got this wrong the first go round like yes you're special because you have this covenant but you were supposed to bring more Mm -hmm. not shun people away um and so they had this this pride about them um because they were christians and you know they still were looking for this general 
to come out of a prophet, you know, mm-hmm. like they expected Jesus to be this general and he was going to go to war for them and take back their land and mm-hmm. that they were going to have Israel all to themselves again. Um, and, you know, the the war, they, they were mm-hmm. wa- the Jews of Jesus's time were wanting a physical war, some yes. great general to rise up and overthrow the Romans and yeah. get back their land again. Yep. Um, and he's saying, no, like, blessed are the peacemakers. Those will be the children of God. And, you know, peacemakers, we can kind of translate the, to be the faithful, yes. you know. Yep. Um, they're also the faithful, you know. But Jesus is speaking to the Jews of his time in literal sense, like, blessed are the peacemakers. No war, guys. Like, mm-hmm. no war. Like, we're going to we're gonna make peace. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the Judeo-Christian sense, so yeah. fast forward a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you know, what you're seeing here, again, again for, for people who are now being shunned, Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's kind of a t- it's kind of two ways. First, um, for those who have been shunned by their families, instead of harboring hatred, harboring resentment, um, again, being called to to forgive um, and, and to forgive their families for that. Yes. Um, that was done to them. But we're also thinking about the people as new members are entering into the way into entering into the Christian community, you know, it's an opportunity for those early Judeo-Christians to bring peace to those brothers and sisters who are now maybe in the beginning stages of their own yeah. sadness and, and more maybe they're in that stage of mourning and to bring peace to them as they're struggling with the fact that, hey, I've now lost everything. So within the community itself about being peacemakers to each other. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you know we can fast forward today to our modern world and it's really one of the greatest things that we can become and and at least i had seen in in our pre- preparation for the show um was our need to be peacemakers yes um and especially you know and we kind of talked about on the last uh part of me uh and within the mercy you know we we can often be very judgmental of others um especially when we're maybe at a different phase within our own faith journey and, and those maybe who are struggling with, you know, either going to mass or participating with this or that or uh, maybe aren't as active or aren't as devout or however we want to phrase it, uh, yes. we become maybe judgmental of them. Mm-hmm. And instead of being a peacemaker and, and offering a branch to say, hey, how can I help you? Or and that could be a friend, a family member, uh, whomever, just someone we meet along the way. Um, I think, you know, there's so many things in this world today where there's so many pressures and so many problems that along the way we're going to meet someone that has a struggle that they're they're facing. And it's our job really to help them in that struggle, whatever it may be. And I just that may not just be, you know, um, faith related. Right. You know, I think about, you know, what we do every day here, at, you know, at our thrift store. There are countless families who walk in and we don't go, hey, where's your Catholic card? No, we don't. We don't. Well, we don't. <laughs> Jesus didn't walk around and say, "Hey, show me your Catholic card before we help no, you." No, definitely don't do that. You know, we don't do that. And you know, there's a uh, there's a, a lady whom we're helping right now uh, in Perryville, who you know I was able to connect with our St. Vincent de Paul Society down there, and you know she's going through a, a difficult time, and and working with you know our counterparts down there. You know, we're not. You know, we're not asking, you know, wh- where are you at in your faith journey? Do you believe in God? No, we're just trying to bring that peace, yes. you know, to her um, because of, of the, the challenge she's now faced with. Um, and it's, it, you know, I see that even, again, people are coming in in need of clothing. You know, we're trying to bring that peace, that comfort to them. 
uh, so that they see God through us. Mm-hmm. You know, they can hopefully they they see that that you know we become the hands of of Christ at that time right now where they're struggling, and they they can have that that sense of peace. It can take away that worry, that struggle that they have. I think that's the biggest thing. Where who are those people in our life that we can we can say, hey, what are you struggling with, and how can I help? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head there. You know, peacemakers is um, kind of another synonym um, in the Beatitudes if we're looking at the fruits that we can gain from these different Beatitudes. From being a peacemaker, you can gain the fruit of faithfulness. Mm. You know, you you have now become devout. You know, if we're looking mm-hmm. at these bookends, like here we began with yep. being poor in spirit, like you're just now recognizing that like, hey, you know, again, like Jesus, take the wheel. Like I can't do this on my own. And now we are down to, you know, seven of eight. We're blessed are the peacemakers. Like you've done well, mm-hmm. you know, but now what can you do for others mm-hmm. with re- your faithfulness? Yeah, it's really putting in at this point, the love of neighbor, mm-hmm. the, you know, it's that true love of neighbor. Cause we've come to know what it really means to love God. Yes. And, and I think that that's the big thing. And now here we are. Number eight. Yep, the end all. <laughs> the end all. That's <laughs> the last right. One. Last one. <laughs> um, blessed are those persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. So, um, as we've kind of been talking, you know, um, Jesus is talking to the Jews of his time. Like these are his friends and family and neighbors, and he is telling them. Um, that those persecuted for righteousness, you know, we're not just talking about the prophets, I'm not just talking about Moses and Abraham and Elijah. Like I am talking about you. Mm-hmm. You guys are called to be more. So rise up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's giving them marching orders at this point. You wanted a general. Here's your marching orders. Yeah. Go out and evangelize. Mm-hmm. Tell people about me. You mm-hmm. know, um, here it's now is your time. And, you know, thinking about um, yeah, the kingdom of God is at hand. I yes. Mean. <laughs> yes. And heaven will be yours. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you are persecuted, even if you are killed, even if you are martyred. And mm-hmm. we, you know, think a lot about the early saints. I mean, oh. you we talked about it earlier um, in last episode about how all but one of yeah. the apostles was martyred for his faith. Yeah. Um, Only John died at an old age. That was yes, it. yes. the rest else. were, you know, and, and not that he wasn't persecuted. He just wasn't martyred. Yeah. They were all persecuted. And Jesus is commanding them to do that. And he's saying, blessed are you if you are persecuted? Mm-hmm. Um, and even his own cousin, you know, John the Baptist is going to be horribly martyred for, you know, spreading the gospel um, mm-hmm. of, you know, letting people know about Jesus. And we see this um, and he's giving them, you know, this commandment now. This commandment, absolutely. And to go out. Exactly. And now, you know, we see that then in, in light of, you know, post-Judeo-Christian views. Uh, again, I think really at this point they become um, accepting of the change in their life. They become accepting the fact that, oh, well, my family's disowned to me, but I have God. Yes. And now I am, I am here ready to go forward in building the kingdom. Yes. And, and I think that that's a beautiful thing. Um, and I think that's something still we see today. Yes. Um, Oh, definitely. And this one definitely, to me, out of the eight Beatitudes, number eight to me, I feel like is the um, one that I can probably most identify with because um, I feel like this one is the one that, you know, I personally have just felt over and over and Mm. over again. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it becomes challenging. You know, it's, it's you know, again, we kind of talked about it. You know, as, as you progress in faith, you may lose friends. You may lose family. You may be ostracized by communities. Um, you know, people may say bad things about you. Uh, mm-hmm. These are realities that that I are, call you a bigot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, there there are the challenges before us, and um, it's it's not for not love, um, you know. But again, um, the, the and I think the word persecuted can mean so many different things, you know, because mm-hmm. we can think about. Um, you know how how we yeah clearly um, I have not been martyred no um, <laughs> exactly you know persecuted, persecuted. Uh, like made fun of or oh, yeah. made um, fun of for faith absolutely that happens I mean you know I think about back when I was growing up you know um, all the kids you know and I was probably one of them who's making fun of kids and now youth group wasn't a big thing when when right. I was growing up but you know kids who were who were doing those kinds of things I didn't think they were cool I was one of those kids who was out there probably saying mean things about them mm-hmm. you know. But those kids were well ahead of me on their faith journey. You know, I I wasn't even in the first beatitude at that point, Mm -hmm. you know, but now here we are, you know, years later. And and I know that, you know, um, kids have have said, you know, mean things about our kids who go to youth group. And it's like, you know, our kids are, you know, persecuted, made fun of. Even at their young age. At their young age for uh, having a strong faith uh, instead of being encouraged, uh, because it's not cool within society. And so, and that's by other Catholics by all accounts, Oh yeah, you know, that they're being made fun of. And then we go outside of that and we look at our, just our secular world. And, you know, if you don't have, um, I mean, I, you, I feel like just in general, you walk on eggshells in today's society because Mm. you're so afraid of offending anybody or, um, you know, saying the wrong thing to the wrong person when yeah. in reality you're just trying to do as God trying to be said a peacemaker. to those. You're trying to be a peacemaker, yeah. but at the same time, do as God commanded those first Jews to do, yeah. um, to go out and spread the gospel and evangelize. Yeah. And if you are persecuted, blessed are you yeah. because you're evangelizing for the sake of righteousness. I yeah. promise if I, you know, am telling you about something about the Catholic faith, I'm not doing it to rub it in your face or make you feel bad. Yeah, no. And I think that's it's, one of the things is that, yeah, we're there's, you know, and to get to one, where is that person when they're mm-hmm. in their own faith journey? Uh, do they, you know, uh, even have faith? So many people today, you know, uh, claim to be agnostic or atheist or, right. or anything like that. Um, but yeah, no, I think that, you know, certainly, um, you know, persecuted for the sake of righteousness, it's hard to stand up for what you believe in, uh, in a society that doesn't necessarily always agree. Right. Um, and you know, I think there can be great discussion around viewpoints, um, but we have to be able to have that discussion. Right. Um, I think uh, uh, oftentimes, um, you know, we quickly get into debate and argument Um, versus, you know, anything else. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's not saying that it's, you know, we just give up though, right? We, we had to continue to find new and and greater ways to, to share faith, um, in, in meeting people. And I think that's one of the biggest things, um, that, that we can learn, you know, at this point within our faith journey, if we're, you know, we feel that we're, we're at the eighth beatitude is, you know, it's taking time to develop our, our own knowledge, our own skills, our own abilities to really help us become, you know, better at sharing the faith in, in new ways. You know what I mean? Uh, finding a way to, to meet people where they're at. Um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges is, is helping find out where people are at in their faith journey to help them. 
Um, and there we go. That is all eight Beatitudes. Certainly uh, a lot that we can unpack, a lot that we can uh, continue to learn. So, uh, you know, as Alina and I have said throughout this uh, time here during Lent, take time to really pray and reflect on these Beatitudes. Uh, there is something there, I think, that each of us can apply uh, wherever we may be in our faith journey uh, and and learning from these particular things. I think the Holy Spirit can really uh, inspire within us some great um, some great change or some great action. Uh, with that being said, Alina always has her famous quote, and today I believe, are we going with Padre Pio? Is that who we're going with? Uh, we can. I was trying to find, um, well, this is a wonderful quote from Padre Pio, yeah. um, who's one of our favorites, but there, I can't find who it's accredited to. Okay. Um, but specifically in reference to the eighth beatitude. Yeah. Um, female saint um, was quoted in saying, "My job is not to persuade, but to inform." Ooh. And wow. That's how I take number eight. You know, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Your job doesn't have to be to persuade these people to turn their life to Christ, you know, and stop sinning, although that's what we hope for them. Your job is to inform them. And if they persecute you, then the kingdom of heaven is yours. Um, oh, but wow. Um, Padre Pio, because um, I do know this one's from him. Um, he says that God will not allow you to be lost if you persist in your determination not to lose him. And if you are practicing these beatitudes, if you are actively trying to um, grow in mercy and, you know, um, peace and love of Christ and justice and, um, you know, um, the being persecuted, you know, faithfulness and patience and all these beautiful fruits that can come from the beatitudes, God will find you. Absolutely. He will be there. Yes. And by the way, I did a quick I did a quick uh, Google search. St. Bernadette Saboris, uh, my job is to inform, not to convince. And that's true. We do we do not convert God. God does the work. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, everyone, thank you, as always, for listening. We certainly appreciate your your time. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, share. Uh, be sure to uh, consider becoming a patron. Again, everything that you uh, do in terms of supporting this show helps to fund youth ministry here in Southeast Missouri. We thank our current patrons, and we look forward to speaking with you next time on Practicing Catholic. Until then, keep practicing.